0: In episode 188, we're flying solo without Daniel today. I'll explain a bit more in a moment. Uh, But what we'll be covering in the show is some news around Microsoft Lists and integration with Flow and Power Automate. Uh, We're looking at what's landing on our office.com page to help us organize our day. And there's a ton of stuff around Microsoft Teams and using it for webinars. Roll it. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. We can but do our best without our buddy. Uh, Yes, Daniel has done himself an injury. I'll let him fill you in via the socials as to what he has done, but we do wish him a good and speedy recovery. Um, Yeah, not good. But anyway... um, So flying solo today, let's do our best. Uh, It's not great to hear me banter with myself, uh, but we'll see how we go. Um, To start off with, we're going to take a look at the message around Microsoft Lists and the integration around Power Automate and uh, Power, well, Flow, Power Apps and Power Automate. Yes, I I still get that wrong. So this is message mc two four five eight four seven. And what is uh, expanding is the menu around being able to launch some of the uh, flows and Power Apps that might be related to a list. So at the moment, um, it's a bit of an untidy menu. You've got to click through and find a a different layer to things. Um, But uh, what will be reorganized is an integrate menu. And so this is bringing Power Automate and Power Apps uh, so that if you have got any of uh, of those associated with the list, then they are less clicks away to launch and organise. Um, so if we just have a quick look at uh, that view, um, you'll see Power Automate, uh, so Power Automate and Power Apps uh, in a new integrated um, menu item. So uh, rolling on uh, or rolling out uh, targeted release in late March, uh, which is very shortly, if not a couple of days away, uh, and standard release completed Um, mid-April. There is some uh, clarification around what's happening with user voice. Uh, We did hear that Microsoft is gradually uh, shutting some of those down for the different product groups, and it was interesting to see a message arrive in the message center last week to clarify some of these things and to highlight a blog post around that. Um, so it's uh, going to be that throughout this year, they will gradually remove the uh, the use of user voice, product group by product group, uh, because they're shifting to first-party support for giving feedback. Um, so this is MC245855. And uh, when they say first-party, that's going to be the likes of... Well, actually, let's just open up the... Uh, alternatives right so um, this is the the article that explains a bit more about it some of the alternatives to submit feedback and product experiences so where there might be a a little pop-up that says we want to get your feedback or that you can go in and and provide feedback through the about menu Um, that's also when you're in a mobile and you might shake the the app itself and it'll pop up and say I want to give feedback for Windows, there's the, the Windows Feedback Hub. So those who are using Windows Insiders are quite familiar with how to do that. Uh, there's the tech community. So there'll be communities, of course, which are already receiving feedback and discussion. And I think they're trying to drive some of more of that traffic towards having conversations about it rather than a um, suggesting something and then voting it up and down. Uh, there is a function within uh, the Microsoft tech community. Some of these forums are shaped to allow voting up and down for certain ideas the microsoft store so you can vote and give stars on certain apps and products so i know that there's not a lot of apps going on within the microsoft store necessarily but um, that is one way to give feedback and then of course your microsoft q a so a few different ways to be able to get that feedback across now uh, we do wonder Uh, or what's going to happen with some of those suggestions that have been voted on within the the different forums for different products. Uh, We did hear that some groups are definitely giving more attention to the the, uh, user voice than others, but um, I guess the shift towards using first-party products, we're hoping to see something be a bit more centralised than the dispersed way of going across all the different ways to to give feedback and, and give suggestions. Uh, Moving along to, um, yes, my day. So this is a feature within Outlook on the web where uh, we can go and see um, off to the side a uh, list of our tasks and a quick list of our our, um, events that we might have. And so we can open up. It's a bit like that pane that we've always had along the side there for Outlook uh, on the desktop. This is MC245995. Um, and what we'll be expanding is we will start to see that in office.com. So when we go to that landing page for office.com, uh, we will be able to see the, um, the same task list and events. Let's take a quick close look at this. So you'll see um, the tasks. It's funny how they've highlighted this. It's the same button, of course. Um, so when you go to the office.com page, you'll be able to see... The calendar, and then you can shift over and see the to do list of your tasks you might have to do today. Um, So that will make the office.com page interesting, of course, uh, because we have currently a way to get back to where we were working on different documents, and we can see our most recently used list. And that has also improved recently with a, a different way to search and filter that content and is expanded. So now what we're seeing is also a way to see what those tasks are you might be working on, what are your appointments for the day. Must say though that this screenshot doesn't really suggest uh, that it is within the office.com page. Um, So there's not a lot of context around there to give us that, but maybe this is just an indication of what we expect to see. So the uh, rollout of that, we expect to see it um, late March come in and targeted release, so any day now. And standard release will um, be finished by early May. Um, Let me know about your your thoughts around this because, you know, while it's uh, an interesting way to start the day, and I know it's trying to bring more value to that office.com page, um, there's probably not a lot that you need to do to prepare people for that change, just to say it's going to appear. Uh, But I guess it's just another place for us to be able to catch up with, with what's going on. A lot of people start their day in Outlook and they're checking for messages and trying to be responsive or deciding what they're going to reply to. Um, Are we going to see something like this come into Microsoft Teams uh, where you'll have a uh, My Day where we start and we can see those sorts of things? Um, Perhaps somewhere in in the space of Viva, maybe there there might be a a thing for that within Viva Connections. But I don't want to get myself in trouble. I don't have Daniel with me here to say, hey, Daryl, Daryl, don't, don't suppose things at this stage, just, just go with the message. All right, so let's get on with our next message. Microsoft Teams Call Merge. This is MC245998. Now, this is for organizations that are using Microsoft Teams to make and receive calls, and these are phone calls. Um, so when you are on a call, I'm on a one-to-one call with, let's say, Daniel, and I want to bring in an expert, I might put Daniel on hold and I'll go and call a subject matter expert and say, hey, have you got a moment here to be able to um, help me out with a call with Daniel? And so I've got Daniel on hold. I've got the subject matter expert um, live and with me talking, and I can merge the two calls together, and that becomes a conference call. Uh, So this is a good feature to to come to those uh, voice calls that we have uh, over over the landlines and over mobiles. Um, Being able to merge these calls means that we're not having to, um, you know, say, look, just let's hang up and and try and uh, create an online meeting and I'll call you back. Um, But rather, it's all just one fluid thing. So this is a step closer to more capabilities around call center related uh, features within a a phone system. Uh, Let's have a closer look at some of these things here too. Um, So, looking at the call merge capability, um, once you are in a call, and you've got got two calls on hold, as you can see here, um, there will be, underneath the ellipsis button, uh, a place to merge those calls. So, that is going to be a a very useful feature to have when it arrives. And uh, speaking of arriving, when do we expect to see that come? This feature will start rolling out in late March, (laughs) <laughs> it looks like I'm. We're expecting a lot of things to to land very very shortly, uh, especially around Microsoft Teams and complete around mid-April. Now there are, I should have said, there are a lot of a lot of um, announcements that we're looking at with Microsoft Teams, and we do expect to see that these days because Teams is the hub for teamwork, but it also seems to be where we're bringing a lot of things together. Uh, so Teams Teams meetings and being able to allow only organization participants to bypass the meeting lobby, MC246000. Uh, Now, this is about the options that we have when we go to organize a meeting, and we want to determine who can come directly into that meeting straight away. Um, So if we go back down to an example here of our screenshots, and we'll have a look at this close. Uh, meeting options, these might look familiar to you. We still, when we click into uh, creating this meeting within Teams and we access these options, we, we get taken over to the web page to see these sorts of things. We don't do it directly within Teams today, um, though that may be coming. These meeting options, you can just see in that, focused on that drop-down box, people in my organisation who can bypass the lobby, um, Sometimes it's set to everyone. You can actually, I believe, set a policy here to make sure that meetings uh, always have a, a common behavior. Um, people in my organization and guests. Um, but the key one that this this update brings in is people in my organization. Now, imagine a scenario where we are um, holding a, a large format Teams meeting and we want it to operate like a webinar um, I, as an organizer and maybe a couple of presenters, will try and join that meeting initially, like 15 minutes beforehand, to get all set up. And so I've got people from my organization. I don't want them to have to wait in a lobby. Uh, I want them to be able to come in and help prepare and get all set up, ready to go. So then we can invite in our attendees to that meeting. And so that's the scenario I believe that this will be used, uh, because there's still a good reason to have a lobby and allow people into a meeting uh, at the time that you're ready to to get going. Um, It's a much cleaner way of starting off a webinar and it also gives a chance for your people who might be part of the production team or part of the presentation team to get in there and and be prepared. So this is a good option to see, uh, especially as we see more features, which we'll talk about soon, enabling Microsoft Teams meetings to be used in a large format for webinars. Um, so, when is that going to come across to us? Um, that is available in late March, sounds familiar, and should be complete early April. Good, good, good. Now, yeah, I'll point out too a lot of these uh, uh, meetings, or rather, these messages are su- saying things like you might want to suggest letting your people know about this option. You know, take, take time to think about a message like this. Who's going to need to know about this? You could put out some information generally to people who organize meetings or, or wider still to the organization. So you can target your information and help prepare the people who will mostly benefit from this feature. Moving along for uh, creating and using approval templates for Teams approval app. This is MC246003, Teams Approval App. must admit, I haven't spent a lot of time in this, but it does have a a good use in bringing approvals into Teams where you might be doing most of your conversations and collaboration. Um, So with this, um, it allows an admin to set up. Let's just open this up in a bigger screen. It will uh, allow an admin to set up a template uh, within the Teams Admin App, uh, Teams Admin Center, to, to organize approvals and uh, allow them to be used uh, by regular users across your organization. Now, at least starting with a template, you're giving a end user a starting point that they can create that approval process. Um, some of these sorts of things you can be overwhelmed by choice and have too many things to think about as you're creating an approval, but sitting down with uh, with a, a few key business stakeholders and figuring out what a good approval would be as a standard and as a starting point uh, means that you are standardizing that process and maybe given a bit of uh, flexibility to, to create that. So as we're looking through, you can see you can set up the, the basic form and the workflow settings and what happens and uh, it's making it available for someone to to choose that from the template as they go in there and, and make a start, um, yeah, based on the choices that you've put within the form. So good to see that. Um, that is, what else have we got there in terms of information? You could uh, spend some time taking a look at how to manage the team's approvals app in your tenant um, because it is an app, so it is... Managed from the the team's admin center Uh, But this is rolling out Generally available mid-April All right, so we're getting a little bit of space between all these ones that are come Features that are arriving in in late March uh, to mid-April will be a couple of weeks away and Moving on with our next one supporting third-party electronic signatures for the Teams approvals app. So we're still sitting with the approvals app uh, and this is adding um, support for electronic uh, signatures. So this is MC246004. Um, It looks like in mid-April, the approvals app will support the Adobe Sign um, third party app. So not only can you go through this process with the approvals app and get a um, approver to Click and approve, and and uh, you know go through that workflow. But you can also add the the need for a signature as well, so that it gains a bit more um, weight to say that yes, this has been approved, not just through an, an audit log, but also by applying your signature to it. Um, so that is a new approval request or type of request. It's called the e-signature approval. Um, it looks like they're just going to start off with. Uh, Adobe Sign as their provider, but expect to see uh, additional third-party e-signature providers um, added over time. That's often what happens with uh, with these sorts of updates, where um, you get a uh, a new feature released. They start off with a, a partner initially just to show what it might be like, and then other partners are not far behind. Uh, with with their ability to um, to be part of those features and updates too. Um, so what do you need to do to prepare? And we'll take a closer look at this one here. Um, you can enable user credentials before anyone in the tenant. Third party signatures. Third party signature partners will appear in the Teams approval app by default. Um, as an admin, you can disable a provider. So if you are choosing to use a specific provider, um, then you can zero in on just using Adobe Sign or if you've got other other providers as well, you can can do that. You can disable providers during the public preview period. Okay. Um, And yet another Teams update. This one I found quite interesting. Uh, I think it's in line again with using Teams for webinars. Uh, so this is multiple spotlights coming to Teams meetings. MC two four six double two one, and you can spotlight up to seven participants in a meeting. I don't know where they came up with seven. It's interesting they picked that. Uh, but you know when we when we have a look at the example down here, um, we have two people that have been spotlighted. Well, that's not a very good. Let's just zoom that in. There we go. So just two people that have been spotlighted. There's the other participants down here on the um, right-hand side, yourself, of course, down in the bottom right-hand corner. This is our our dynamic view, um, which is arriving now, Uh, and it means that you can go in and and, uh, spotlight just those two people. Now, why do I call this a, a webinar feature? Of course, it's going to be useful within regular meetings, but if you were going to have a, a panel discussion and you wanted to have it between just four key people that you have um, targeted as being your presenters and your panel, panel members, then this makes it very simple to spotlight four people and then um, let teams do the, uh, do the management of how those people are displayed. Um, so we see them in portrait there. I expect to see that if, if you had seven, how would that look? seven people well we'll wait and see i guess but uh, i i mean if if it was the seventh is that you the seventh that you might be the spotlighted person um there's a grid of six people and then one other not really sure how that'll look um but yeah we'll we'll see what happens when it arrives um what else can we learn from that start spotlight on multiple participants by accessing their context menu so it's the same way that we would normally spotlight someone within a regular meeting and remember spotlight is for everyone Um, it's different to pinning someone when i pin someone to my gallery that's my experience where i want to keep someone in view while i'm attending the meeting and it's my experience whereas spotlight is something that a presenter or organizer can can spotlight someone and then that's available for uh, everyone that's what everyone will see it'll be pinned for everyone and yeah that's about that's about it in terms of that feature um, but yeah it will be quite useful for webinar scenarios and large formats we want to focus on certain people now that's all that I had in terms of pinning, sorry, uh, favoriting content and focusing on content, I didn't um, come up with a uh, segment deliberately on quick mentions or callbacks. It's a bit harder to juggle without Daniel, um, and I wanted to make sure that we were delivering some valuable information and drawing your attention to, to what has been changing over the week. Look, to be honest, if I have a look at Everything that has arrived, let's just take off the favorited view. Yeah, there's still a ton. Even things that, that seem to arrive over my weekend. Um, I think this one's quite interesting too. Uh, if we take a look at Microsoft Forms and the correct answer choice in a, in a Teams meeting poll, we've seen a few messages come in over recent times of bringing in interactive polls within a meeting. Um, So we can, I think we talked about it last week, you can go ahead and create a poll ahead of time or during the meeting. And it's one of the um, tabs that you will have within the meeting. Uh, It's good to see this option where you can mark what might be a correct answer. So not only are you trying to gather information and opinions from people, this correct answer is more a bit like a gamification of of something within a meeting. Um, Now, I don't know... well, actually, you will be able to gather the results because um, just like you can with uh, the other polls within an interactive meeting, you can export these to um, to Excel and you can look at the results based on what people have polled and voted for. Um, so yes, it could be gamified. You could take those results and say, look, at the end of this meeting, we'll, we'll award um, the, the number of people who, who got this question right will be sending out a T-shirt, I don't know, um, making things up as I go along. So this that feature is going to be rolling out mid-April and complete by late April. There's been a lot of focus on trying to make meetings um, more varied, more interactive, uh, more interesting to attend because we're attending so many of them. So this is good to see a feature like this arrive. I'm going to stop it there for this week. I know that that was uh, 23 minutes-ish long, Um, Daniel and I tend to banter a bit and take it a a bit longer into the 36-37 mark minute Uh, but that's me stringing it together without Daniel we do wish him well to to help recover from his injury and um, do uh, keep in touch with us we'll we'll see if we can still run a clubhouse session at the end of the week Um, I'm pretty sure that Daniel might be able to still just jump on and have a bit of a chat with us Uh, and Um, yeah let us know what you think with with uh, the content from the show today i do apologize i didn't do a whole lot of study and looking into each of the messages um, but hopefully this has been valuable to you thank you for those who have joined us in the live chat as well and we'll see you again next week bye for now